When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food and thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. The word of God for the people of God. Well, it's week three of our worship series, Why Church? And as you know, throughout the month of September, we are exploring why we church. In particular, we are examining the word church and considering the word church as a verb, as something that we actively do or participate in. Not everyone churches these days. There are some people who I used to church and they either fell away at some point because of all that life has to offer that competes with church, or maybe they were hurt as a result of the church, something that happened to them in the church, or maybe they became suspicious of the institution of church because of one of any number of scandals that we've heard about in the news. Or some people, maybe they just no longer find church relevant. Others have never churched, some for many of the same reasons that I just mentioned. There are some people who don't understand why anyone would church. And then some of us who do church We may struggle to clearly articulate why it is that we church, or we may be wondering about what it might look like to become more committed churchers. We said in the first week that one of the main reasons that we church is grounded in something that the Apostle Paul talked about in Romans 12. We want to be the best us we can possibly be, and we want to live our lives with purpose and meaning. And as those who are created by God, in order to discover our God-given identity and purpose, who, best, who better to look toward than God? And in the context of a faith community, it's a great place where we can learn and grow spiritually, a place where we can hold one another accountable and lift each other up, offer one another support. This is hard and deep work, and we need community to help us with that. Last week... We explored how the weekly spiritual practice of worship helps to form us into the people God created us to be and helps to equip us and prepare us for God's purpose. Together, as a community, each week in worship, we rehearse graced reality, we said. We rehearse the reality that God desires 
the reality that God calls us all to, the reality that we can see through the eyes of God. Today, we wonder, why serve? You know, we're all very busy people. We live in a society that promotes self-reliance, so shouldn't everyone just take care of their own business, leave each other alone? Well, Jesus is pretty clear in the parable that we just read. Serving others is a means of serving him. And serving specifically those who are on the margins, those who live in poverty, those who are immigrants, those who are sick or imprisoned. Helping these people, serving these people, is the measure by which we will be judged. You know, Jesus speaks this in the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew. There's only 28 chapters in Matthew. This is the last thing Jesus says before he turns toward Jerusalem. The very next thing he says to his disciples is, you know, the Passover is just two days from now. And the Son of Man will be taken and given for execution. This is critical stuff that Jesus is communicating to his people. How we treat the most vulnerable populations is critically important to God. It's evident throughout the Bible. If you've read the Old Testament in particular, you will see over and over again Israel stoking God's wrath because they were oppressing or neglecting widows, orphans, and immigrants. When we intentionally choose to care for the least of these, we're formed by the experience. Our hearts expand. Our capacity for compassion increases. We not only make a difference in the lives of those who are suffering or who are in need, but we are growing into our God-given identity and purpose. And we're calling forth that graced reality that we imagine and rehearse together in worship. I invite you to listen to the experiences of some of our congregation members. And as you do, I wonder if you might catch a glimpse of God's reality. For I was hungry and you gave me food. Hi, my name is Ben Allen, and I've been a part of Westlake United Methodist Church since age three, so basically ever since I can remember. Among other things, one way I serve is through our youth program, and more specifically through the annual summer youth mission trips that our church provides. On our high school mission trip to Chicago this past summer, there was one specific moment throughout the week that has really stayed with me till today. It was in the middle of the week, and we were a hot, sweaty, filthy, you name it, needed a shower real bad, and I was tripping over my own feet with exhaustion. That day, after our time at a school we were volunteering at in the morning, we were scheduled to head to an ESL, or English as a Second Language, class in the afternoon. Upon arrival, it didn't seem to be anything special, just a couple of folding chairs, tables, and a whiteboard. However, it was when the students arrived that I began to realize just how special this moment would be. The students were not your typical American middle school, high school, or college age students, but rather people of all ages, shapes, sizes, and ethnicities. 
And the biggest thing was they knew virtually no English. Having come to the States as refugees from places such as Burma, Malaysia, and other regions suffering in the global refugee crisis, these people had come to the States knowing almost nothing of the language and culture they would soon be a part of. As a result, they were hungry to learn English language and culture so they could quickly integrate into our society. So for the hour that we were there, it was our job to, number one, be a fr friendly set of faces in the room, and number two, to help them learn some of the common English words for common English words for body parts, so ear, face, nose, etc. In that hour, amongst the many laughs and awkward hand motions we used to express ourselves across the language barrier, it was truly incredible to be a part of and witness firsthand God's ability to allow us to connect with one another. If there was only one thing I could take away from that day, it would be that with the power of God, there is no ethnic, cultural or language barrier that could prevent genuine and pure human connection. That is why I serve. and you gave me something to drink. Good morning. My name is Ann Finch, and I've been a part of Westlake United Methodist Church for 13 years. One way I serve is at the Gateway Bridge between Brownsville, Texas, and Matamoros, Mexico. We serve with children and families who are legally waiting to seek asylum to enter the United States. I've been volunteering at this bridge since May of 2018. I was volunteering down there in May of 2019, and I was passing out t-shirts and yoga mats that many of you may have donated. It was early in the morning, but it was very, very hot. I quickly drank the bottle of water that I had in my bag, and then I worked for a while, and I reached over and I took a bottle of water from the water we had brought for the asylum seekers. And I drank that bottle. I continued to work for another couple of hours. And as I reached for the third bottle of water, I realized that I was drinking the water that we were providing for the asylum seekers. I also realized that we were providing maybe two bottles of water for the asylum seekers the entire day. And I was on my third bottle. I was in tears by the time I left that bridge. As a mother and a grandmother, sorry, all I could think of were the faces of my grandchildren and the faces of those children that would be thirsty. I came home and got very busy trying to find ways to provide water for those people at that bridge. Through the generosity of many of you at Westlake United Methodist Church and other churches in both the United States and in Mexico, we're now providing 1,500 bottles of water per day. I know that we're saving people's lives, and I am blessed to be the representative of United Methodist Church, and that is why I serve.
I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Hi, um, our names are Annika and Caroline. I've been a part of Westlake United Methodist Church for five years. This past summer, Annika invited me on a mission trip with her. We served in San Antonio to rebuild homes for people with Blueprint Ministries. The second Annika texted me about Blueprint, I not only wanted to do it because she was my best friend, but because I love helping others. We got our $3 Target leggings and old t-shirts. I remember packing not knowing what to expect. I was so excited to make a difference in our homeowner's life. One of the things I remember most is meeting so many new friends from other churches. Why serve? I serve to see the smile on people's faces. Our homeowner was so thankful and happy for her home remodel and it always put me in a good mood no matter what to see her so happy after all these years of waiting. I really got to know all the Blueprint leaders. It was so hard, but I knew Jesus went through so much pain to make our lives as beautiful as they are, and I wanted to be able to incorporate in helping someone else. The hot roof and sweaty palms were not most kids' idea of a fun time, but it was the most fun I'd ever had. I love Blueprint, and that is why I serve. Why do I serve? I went to Blueprint in summer 2018, and I was delighted when I found out I could come again. I invited my best friend, Caroline, to assist me on this journey. I remember us looking online during Spanish class, months before Blueprint, trying to find supplies. I also remember the night before leaving, we were frantically FaceTiming each other, trying to shove everything into our suitcases. The next day, we were off on a new adventure. The car ride was quiet. Caroline and I were the only ones really talking. Other people sitting around us were probably scared and excited like we were. Little did I know, these people would become my best friends. The week was full of joys and hardships, from having to carry shingles onto the roof to getting paint stuck in my hair, which by the way is still there. My love for God grew tons. Our team was so resilient and no matter how melted our shoes were, we still pushed through. As the week went on, our team grew even stronger. We all became best friends and joked around together. Our relationships with our Blueprint leaders also grew. Shout out to Alexis and Aries. This week would have been very hard if you didn't expand our knowledge about construction in Christ. But to answer the question why I serve, I guess I serve because it makes other people feel good. We all came together to carry out God's work. In the end, no matter how much pain we endured, it could never measure up to the, amount, the amazing feeling we got as a reward. We saw our homeowner's thankful smile every day. That, that is, is why, why we serve. serve. I was naked and you gave me clothing. Good morning. My name is Misty Blahuda and I've belonged to this community for almost 20 years. One of the ways in which I serve is running a clothing drive or clothing closet for Parker Lane United Methodist Church's Back to School Blast or Back to School Blessing. I serve because I was asked. Tina Carter, who is like a superhero to me, um, she is funny and grounded and most of all has this capacity to live life like Jesus would, like to be the hands and feet of Christ. So she called to ask if I would serve um, in some way at their event. And I said yes. And I told her all the things that I'm good at, right? I'm really enthusiastic. I'm good at connecting with people. And I am um, 
really good at praying. So I also, I went out on a limb and I told her the things that I wasn't so good at. And this was really big for me because in the past I would have tried to just like power through and make uh, something work. Um, but I told her, you know, I'm, I'm really, um, I'm not very detail oriented. I'm not very good with numbers. And I sometimes drop the ball. And she saw that and she said, great, we can still use you. So I served because I was seen, all of me, and still asked. Um, I also serve because I have been served. And I know that God shows up every single day, day in and day out, in really big ways and in really small ways, in the form of people, people in this congregation and people out in the world. And every time that God shows up like that, I'm expanded and I want to share it. So I serve so that I can be that person to others. Um, you know, running a clothing closet when you live in Westlake is not so hard. It doesn't ask that much, right? I get on next door and I put out that I need clothes for kids to go back to school. And all of these people that have been blessed with so much abundance say, great, here, take my stuff, right? So it didn't require a lot um, as long as I was open to God's flow and God's abundance. But sometimes my ego would get in the way and I'd be like, oh, what if it's not good enough? What if there's not enough? What will people think? Right? And, um, and then I would feel constricted and small. But when I stay open to God's blessings, it's so easy to serve. There was a volunteer, though, that, that worked at Parker Lane. She was a member of their congregation, and it maybe asked a little bit more of her. Um, she would show up every year. She worked at the registration table. And when we would get there in the mornings, families would have been already lined up for hours. So the moms were tired, kids were hungry, exhausted, excited, pressing up against that registration table. And this woman was like magic. She would greet each person as they came with respect and dignity. She would assure them that everyone would be served. And no matter how long she had to stay out in the heat, how many times she had to repeat the same instructions, she never lost her cool. I found out at the end, as we were packing up last year, that her husband was out of work and had been looking for several months, and their budget was so tight and strained so much, and her kids still didn't have uniforms they needed for school. Um, that, that mama could have come, she could have been first in line for our services. She could have come, asked to go through the clothes the night before to get her kids clothing, but she didn't. She was there to serve. So I was reminded of Matthew 6, 28, where I'm totally paraphrasing. God says, like, don't worry about what you're going to wear. Look at the flowers in the field. And I've taken care of them. I'll take care of you. And that is exactly what this woman did is she trusted in God and she was there serving God. So we had $136 left in our budget. And that afternoon, somebody told me, you know, after they told me that she she didn't have her uniforms. I was able to go to Walmart, get a gift card, drop it by her house. And as we stood there in her doorway hugging, our hearts were so full because we knew that God had provided and that her kids would have the uniforms they needed. And our arms were full because we were holding on to each other. And we knew that we'd been given to each other and that we were better together. Service doesn't ask much of me. It asks only that I be open to the flow of God's abundance and God's love. And when I'm like that, then it's like a stream and it bubbles up in me, nurturing me, and then pouring out, pours out to those around me. That is why I serve. I was sick and you took care of me. 
I'm Mary Lou Batlin, and we've been a part of this church family for 27 years. My favorite way to serve is to connect God and our church family with prayer joys and concerns. I was sick, and you comforted me. Has led a great number of friends in this church to be guided to share flowers, meals, gifts, home visits, hospital visits, phone calls, cards, and so much more. Thank you for saying yes to this ministry. We generally are caring for about 30 more or more homebound, unwillingly absent members throughout the year. We have 21 servicemen and their families that we reach out to all over the world with mailings, including the daily devotional, Strength for Service. We are grateful for the prayer shawl ministry, reaching those who can feel wrapped in prayers by these gifts of time, talent, and prayerful stitches. We are joyful when swaddling new babies in the embroidered blankets that remind them they are wrapped in love by WMC even while they receive a burp cloth that shares, I burp in church at WUMC. <laughs> our prayer team holds those most vulnerable in our prayers on daily and weekly basis. Maybe you've received a card from the Care Note Ministry and you are still trying to meet all those special people who signed that blessing. May you be blessed to be a blessing. I'm always amazed at the trust you express in God, in me, and in our larger group of praying friends. In the beginning of this ministry, I could feel overwhelmed. But I learned that your trust in us is giving your joys and concerns over to God. I'm grateful that there are many shoulders to carry these needs. And due to practicing my own attitude of gratitude daily, I give my joys and concerns over to God in prayer too. And that's why I serve. I was in prison and you visited me. Good morning. My name is Tom Rio and I've been a member of Westlake United Methodist Church for 29 years. One way I serve is a prison ministry that is a prison version of something of like the walk to Emmaus. It's called Kairos. It is based upon Matthew 25, 36. I was in prison and you visited me. We go into men's and women's prisons and bring the message to 42 inmates that they are loved and they are forgiven by God. I will be on the inside team for the upcoming Kairos uh, at Hughes and it's number 45. And that's on September 26th through 29th. So it's coming up real soon. It's the maximum security prison in Gatesville, and my wife Ann will be on the outside team. When you came into the sanctuary, you were given a colored slip of paper entitled Kairos Hughes 45 Prayer Chain. Please circle the day that you can pray for the team 
and their participants, print the start time for the half hour of prayer, write your first name only, write Westlake United Methodist Church, Austin, and put it in the offering plate. These will be formed into a chain, a very long chain, that will encircle the, the sanctuary during the Kairos weekend. Westlake UMC has also contributed $150 to sponsor one of the inmates to go on this weekend. Ann and I will be baking 200 dozen cookies. Chocolate chip. Okay. This Thursday at 9 a.m. in the kitchen and on next Tuesday at 9 a.m. so that we can have a dozen cookies for each of the 3,000 plus inmates in that prison. Another member of this church, Johann Carl and Ann Finch and Pastor Tracy have been a part of this ministry for many years, but this is my first time and it's a little scary. The Kairos message is powerful. Inmates who have participated in this weekend, once they get out of prison, they are much less likely to return to prison. That's called the recidivism rate. This is why I serve. tell you, just as you have done one of these things to the least of these who belong to my family, you did it to me, Jesus says. Serving is both a natural outpouring of all the amazing grace that we have received from God, and it is a spiritual practice. And frankly, it's one of the most direct and concrete ways that we might encounter Christ in the world. It's one of the most concrete ways that we might discover our God-given identity and purpose. And that's the most compelling reason why I serve. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs> 